In this podcast, we speak about a variety of topics that may be triggering to some audiences. If you have any triggers to mental health, miscarriages or more, you can find all the resources at the end of this podcast. If you are seriously triggered by these topics, please switch off now. This is your pre-warning. Thanks. Hello and welcome to Malavision, the podcast that gives you the vision and the voice to be heard. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening people. Today I am joined by my mum and today we are going to be talking about her life um, as a mum and what it's like having a child with an incurable brain tumour and how she remains so positive despite her struggles. So I guess how I always start off is, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, I'm Emma Tyler and I'm Malachi's mum. And could you tell me um, a little bit about your life and about sort of your childhood? Yeah, sure. Um, I was brought up in quite a large family um with uh, there were six of us six children um and it was fun it was really i loved my childhood got my own sort of friends with having so many brothers and sister and so yeah it was it was just an easy life just a really nice upbringing so you spoke about having um a, together with brothers and sisters you had six what was it like to have seven children, especially when most of them obviously have their own disabilities? Yeah, it, it, well, it's obviously lovely. That's what I always wanted. I really wanted a really big family. Um, I met your dad um, when um, I was 25. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and, yeah, just totally fell in love at first sight um he already had three children from a previous marriage which already failed um and so I sort of took on three children as soon as I sort of got married really um which was lovely so there was no point in waiting if in my thought to have my own um I might as well just continue and carry on and and add the three that we'd already got and yeah so quite soon after um I got pregnant sadly I miscarried my first um which was twins um but then soon after I found that I was pregnant with Zach our first one together and yeah so and that and it just sort of continued I just sort of loved being pregnant loved giving birth and um, loved having children. So, um, yeah, I just sort of carried on, really. And if you don't mind, um, did you did you feel like your mental health really struggled after miscarrying? Yeah, it did. It did. So it was a strange thing, obviously. Um, it was my first pregnancy, so I sort of felt quite desperate when I lost. And I lost quite late on in pregnancy. 
um, I was 16 weeks and obviously it was twins so I was um, rather big and uh, yeah so it was it was a hard time um, I sort of felt like I'd been dealt a bad blow to be honest um, my friends were pregnant at the same time so um, yeah it was really hard to see them carry on and give birth and obviously I, I didn't have the nice ending um, and yeah it did affect my mental health but I had great family support network a brilliant GP and yeah just just yeah just got through it really so then obviously you went on to have um Zach Samuel Aisha and me I guess what was it like when obviously you found out that I had um all my many medical conditions how was that as a mum um it was really difficult. We'd already been through quite a difficult um, stage with the other boys. Um, so I sort of knew the medical world. So I'll take you back just quickly. Um, so Zach was born and he started um, having seizures when he was about three months old. And so we ended up in hospital for three months um and he wasn't allowed out, and they were they were unusual seizures. He was having sort of ten a day, um, ten to fifteen a day, and they were lasting ten to fifteen minutes each. Um, and so they wouldn't allow him to go out, and we had to be put on a drug trial, and so it was all very stressful. Um, and then soon after, I found out that I was pregnant with Samuel. They gave birth to him. It was really difficult with the whole situation because obviously I spent most of my pregnancy with Samuel in hospital with Zach. Um, yeah, so I had uh, Samuel and then Samuel didn't develop properly and so we wondered what was wrong with what was wrong with him. Ended up being referred to a um, paediatrician who started to look at what was wrong with both boys um which by then i was pregnant with aisha i was probably about seven months pregnant nearly eight months pregnant with aisha when your dad came into the appointment with me this this time and they were just about to tell us in his words that he had no clue what was wrong with boys just one look at dad and said, oh, you didn't tell me your husband had neurofibromatosis. And I said, um, sorry. Anyway, so with that, dad got diagnosed with a genetic condition, which he knew nothing about. He knew he didn't know he'd got it. And so they were then able to diagnose the two boys and we had genetic testing and, and just to, you know, confirm it. So we found out we'd got this genetic condition. Aisha was um, born and she didn't didn't have any signs of it. So we then went on a few years later to have you in hope that obviously you didn't get it, but knowing that, look, we were coping with two boys with it and your dad. So we didn't feel it was something we would want to... Um, just 
you know, decide not to have any more with. Um, so we went on to have you. You was born and diagnosed with neurofibromatosis at birth. So with the condition, your children with the condition are born with um, cafe au lait spots, like patches on their skin. And if you have more than six, um, then then you get a, a clinical diagnosis. Um, so you got diagnosed at birth, which we knew almost certainly you would have it, although it's 50-50 whether you would or not. And then obviously soon after, um, you started to develop um, slowly. And so we took you to the neurologist who everybody else was under then by then with the uh, neurofibromatosis um, and yeah and that's when I asked them to do a scan on you and they said they thought it would come back clear and that I was just over worrying because obviously the boys had been diagnosed with it blah 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 yeah sadly it came back that you had um, an extensive brain tumour and that it was wrapped around your brain and down both optic nerves. Um, so then soon after, well, straight away really, um, within the week, you started an 18-month trial of um, chemotherapy, weekly chemotherapy. Um, so, yeah, so it was a difficult time. After all of that, you know, sort of trauma, did you ever think that I'd get this far you know podcasting and making something of myself no no well we were told we didn't know the prognosis for you um we were told that that every day was special to make the most of every day the chemotherapy sadly didn't save your sight which is one of the things that they hoped would um and obviously you you went completely blind within or probably a couple of months of the diagnosis and they can't be sure because you were so young at 15 months they can't be sure whether you actually had sight before so um so yeah so you obviously got diagnosed with complete blindness no light perception um it was a tough time so i didn't i didn't even think that you would make it to this to this stage um so every time there's a milestone like you're going to primary school going to junior school going to secondary school um it's been a really big thing um and i've always taken a lot of photos and so i can have memories and so to see you now and actually i can't now imagine anything happening to you in a in a you know in a terrible way is is quite amazing um, because it was all such doom and gloom back 15 years ago. So, yeah, yeah, quite amazing to see you now doing what you're doing. And what do you think, is there anything hard about seeing, you know, your children, but, you know, me, grow up and make think of themselves when realistically, you know, next week... It could all go wrong and I could, you know, it could start growing again and I could have to go into hospital to start treatment again because obviously with a brain tumour it can creep up on you, can't it? 
it's that's a really <laughs> that's a really difficult question because it's one of those things that you don't like thinking about um, because if you think about it too much, it can really affect your mental health. So I'm one of these people that think, right, today I've woken up, today Malachi's woken up, we're going to make the most of each day. Um, but yeah, sometimes it does it does get to me and and sometimes it is really difficult to to try and sort of work out how I'm going to deal with if that happens. I do try and look on the positive side. Obviously, I'm a Christian, so um, a lot of it I will give to God and I just, um, and that's really helped me actually just to sort of hand it over and go, right, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this to you. Um, and I leave it and then I, I just get on with the day um, and what's coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult thing, but it's something that I've learned to deal with. And obviously in recent years, you found crafting to be a massive help for you. Um, so could you tell me a bit about why you decided that crafting may be of interest to you and sort of what inspired you really to see, you know, to go into that and to finally help with your mental health? I've always liked making and, and doing things. So that's always been something that I love. Um, at school, I liked making things. And, you know, I always liked to try new skills. Yeah, so crafting sort of came into play. I, I suppose it was something to take my mind off of all the medical things that I was doing. Um, also, there's a lot of time you spend sitting in waiting rooms, waiting or sitting while you were on chemo. You had lots of blood transfusions. And so to sit and colour or to do simple things was something to distract my mind and to and take me away from the pain of what I was going through. And obviously, when I was at home with you, it was just, it was a different world, really, that I couldn't go out as much. So I had to find something to keep my brain from going crazy, if I'm honest. And so I didn't think constantly about the what ifs and what if this happens and what if that happens. Um, and so, yeah, I just delved into crafting and, yeah, now I, I just love it. I, I've got my own little craft room and I make things and mainly I make things for people just as gifts. Um, I would like to branch out and start selling things. That's something for the future. Not, you know, it's not something that I feel I have to do. It's just, I just enjoy making really and I enjoy seeing people's faces when they see the things that I've made yeah it's it's satisfying so yeah and obviously um you um obviously um have ventured out into social media to share your crafty passion so where can people find your um Facebook so it's called this arty craft and um yeah I just sort of post my pictures up on it at the moment I haven't sort of started to do anything with it um so yeah if anybody likes what they see they can contact me but um yeah that's that's as far as it's gone at the moment 
Um, but it's more really for my mental health. Um, I, I love making and it takes my mind off of um, things. In lockdown, I had um, I had a breakdown um, and uh, probably because I'd, over the years, not talked about how I was feeling um, and everything just got on top of me and then in break in lockdown rather um, I had a literal breakdown and so that was that was a really awful time but I have managed to pull myself back up and out of that with God's help and with like I say a really good network of friends and obviously you guys as a family I know you all struggled with it but you all helped me come through that um, but yeah but crafting was a big part of helping me through my mental health and my mental breakdown. So, yeah, so so it's got quite a big part to play in, in my life. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to thank you for the courage and strength it has taken to speak about these topics on this week's podcast. Thank you so much. That's okay. I think it's important to talk about mental health I think so often it's not seen as something that we can talk about and so I'm I'm quite open in talking about it because I think if it even if it helps just one person and know that there is light at the end of the tunnel then um it's then it's a good thing so um so yeah so but so thank you really for letting me speak on here about it No problems. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining. And remember, you can find all the information for my social medias, my press articles and more at link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Malavision. That's link, T-R dot E-E forward slash Malavision. And thank you again for joining me. And thank you so much for listening to that podcast. If you've been affected by any of the topics discussed, the following websites are for prevention of suicide, you can visit papyrus-uk.org. For information on cancer and where to find help and resources, you can visit cancerresearch.org or macmillan.org. If you are interested in finding out more about information on sight loss and resources to help with sight loss, you can visit www.rnib.org forward slash living dash with dash sight dash loss forward slash if you've been affected by anything to do with miscarriages or stillbirths you can visit countthekicks.org if you have been affected by anything and the support service has not been mentioned in this segment then you can visit link tr.ee forward slash malavision and contact me on instagram or via my email address and i will endeavor to help you if your inquiry is urgent though and you cannot wait 
date and you need an urgent support service, please email me. Please also note that if your breakdown is urgent or you are suffering with mental health or depression and need urgent help, please phone 999 in the UK, 911 in the US and triple zero in Australia. Thank you so much and I look forward to seeing you next week for another epic podcast. Do not suffer in silence. In a world where you can be anything, be kind.